We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Ryan, I want to dive into this last section. This is going to be uh, something that we're going to put up on our CFB Nation channel, which is presented by Twisted Tea. That is our sponsor for uh, our CFB channel this year, which we we are gl- happy to be partnered with Twisted Tea this year. We actually even had some Twisted Tea at our tailgate last weekend, Ryan, that was provided by, uh, provided by Twisted Tea. And what we're going to do here is we're going to look at some of the big games from the weekend, and, and especially from the standpoint of games that impact Notre Dame. And some of them will be, some of them are just like, dude, we've got to talk about this game. It's too big of a game. So it's twofold. But there's a lot of games this weekend, right? It's a really good slate of college football, in my opinion. Even even tomorrow night, there are some games that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that Nebraska-Illinois game because those are two teams heading in the wrong direction. Which one can right the ship? Uh, Kansas State and Oklahoma State, similar thing. Kansas State, you know, had that loss in Missouri, which is looking a whole lot better now, you know, because then they lose at Missouri on like a last-second field goal. I believe it was at Missouri, right? Well, that's looking a whole lot better now that Missouri's looking still undefeated. Uh, and Oklahoma State's reeling. So those are those are going to be two things, two games we look at. But the, the big ones, Ryan, that, that are going to matter most for Notre Dame, and, and matter Notre Dame in what regard? It, it helps their resume. Maybe a team ahead of them gets knocked off. Maybe a team behind them gets knocked off. Or just, you know, look, it's just all part of the the, the chaos that we hope to see in college football this year. And uh, the first game, Ryan, is very interesting as far as how it impacts Notre Dame, because this is actually a game where I, I'm going to take a little bit of a contrarian view, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. But noon tomorrow, 11, 12, mm-hmm. noon Eastern on ABC, it's the Red River Shootout. And yes, it will always be the Reverend Red River Shootout to me. Um, sure in Dallas, Texas, it will be the number three Texas Longhorns against the number 12 Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, both teams are 5-0 and and undefeated coming into this game, Ryan. Obviously, Oklahoma is going to be looking for a little bit of payback after the absolute annihilation that happened to them last year. Now, I was told on good authority that the only reason Texas scored 49 points against Oklahoma is because Dylan Gabriel didn't play quarterback for Oklahoma. Now, I'm not quite sure how that makes any sense, but uh, but yes, 49 to nothing last year, Ryan, was the score of the game. Obviously, Oklahoma has won 
a few more of these in recent years, but I'll tell you what, they have played some really good games in Oakland and Texas has actually pulled off some upsets recently in years where you're like, you're a little surprised by it. So, but Oklahoma had won the previous four coming into this matchup, including the 2018 big 12 title game, which was a rematch of an incredibly entertaining game. The regular season. If you remember, that's when Dicker, the kicker became kind of a thing. He nailed that long field goal at the end of that game in 2018. Oklahoma got payback in the Big 12 title game. So this is the first time in a while, Ryan, that you really looked at this, and Texas is now considered the team to beat. In past, even when Texas has won, it was nor- it was usually an upset because Texas wasn't very good. Things have flipped a little bit, but Oklahoma's 5-0 and to start the season, looking pretty good in some games, a little sloppy in others. Let's talk about this game, Ryan. What do you see? And then what is your opinion on what outcome is best for Notre Dame? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, this is a really interesting game because I feel like for the most part of these pickums this week, I actually tended more towards the the favorites than I typically do. I feel like there's usually a couple games where I'm like, I kind of like the underdog here. I kind of like him in, you know, in the home team, the away team. For this one, I really trended to Texas for a couple reasons. One is that I am a big believer in what Texas is doing offensively. I think that that they've really turned a corner. You knew that it was going to happen eventually once Steve Sarkeesian got it everything rolling, at least offensively. The question was obviously, can the offensive line be good enough? Can the defense kind of you know meet the offense to their effectiveness whenever that did happen? And I really think that offensively, Texas won. The offensive line so far has played a lot better than they did last year, a whole a world's better than they, what they were last year. Quinn Ewers has looked like a completely different quarterback, has really taken that next step. You now have wide receivers anywhere, that, everywhere that are playing good ball. Xavier Worthy looks good again. Jordan Whittington. You got A.D. Mitchell transfer over from Georgia. Looks like an absolute stud. Jatavion Sanders, a tight end. The Brooks kid at running back that I didn't know much about is really having a strong start to the season as well. So you have skill position players everywhere. Defensively, I still have question marks as far as I want to see a, a couple more games before I get on the bandwagon a little bit. Like defense back wise, I still think that they're susceptible to, to some big plays in the secondary. Defensive line wise, they've been good so far, but like what's their pass rush upside as a unit? I still question that because there's a lot of big bodies, but what is their what is the penetration upside of that unit? But ultimately, I just think that they're a better team than Oklahoma right now. Mm-hmm. I think Oklahoma ha- is trending in the right direction. They're definitely better than they were last year. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Especially Dylan defensively. Gabriel, 
Yes. Defensively, they're worlds better. They're playing good football in there. And having Dylan Gabriel compared to not having Dylan Gabriel is big for that offense, which is why I think that they will score a bit against Texas. But ultimately, I think that Texas just has too much firepower. I'm going to go Texas 31-21, where I think that the game actually is a little bit more decided than what that final score indicates. Like This might be a like Texas scores early in the fourth quarter to make it 31 14. And then Oklahoma scores one down the, down the stretch of the game to cut it to 10. And then hopefully, you know, try to get the ball back one more time, that type of situation. So give me Texas in this one in somewhat decisive fashion. Oklahoma is moving in the right direction, but I think Texas is showing legitimacy at this point. Ryan, I'll say this. One of the concerns I had up until today was would Jatavian Sanders play? Because I think he is a very important piece. Now, they have a lot of other weapons, but I think having him kind of playing over the middle and some of the things he can do in the pass game really makes that thing click. And he injured his ankle last week. It was questionable whether the play Sark announced. I just saw an article from this morning from the Texas Fan Nation site uh, that he is going to play this week, which is big to me. I think this game is going to be a little bit more high-scoring. Oklahoma's defense is definitely better, but they have not played a, a, a good offense really all year. I mean, they they really haven't. They they've played Arkansas State is just terrible. SMU's offense is pretty good. That's probably the best performance they had. Cincinnati's offense stinks. Iowa State's offense stinks. Uh, and and they've done look they've done what they're supposed to do. They've done what they're supposed to do against those teams. And so you know so so credit to them. But this is not a this is not a. Uh, a Sonny Dykes SMU team either. You know what I mean? They're not quite as good as under Rhett Lashley offensively they've been in the past. I do think their defense is better. I don't think it's as as better as it has shown so far. I think also when I look at Texas's defense, that's another one. You mentioned about the Alabama game. There were some opportunities there. Jalen Milrow didn't take advantage of them where that game maybe should have been a little bit higher scoring for Alabama. Yeah. I felt the same thing was true, Ryan. I'm, I'm, have you have you had a chance to go back and watch the all twenty two of that game yet? But there Kansas, were I felt Alabama and Texas the Kansas the Kansas Texas game. Oh, Kansas Texas. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, not not too much. Just broke okay. But what you'll what I think you'll see what I saw was there was guys open for Kansas, but having Jason Bean and not having Jalen Daniels hurt that. So I actually think Oklahoma was going to score on Texas a little bit. So I, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a higher scoring game, something like 38-27, 41-31, something like that. I think we're going to see something like that. Um, now, Texas actually, interestingly, Ryan, has not been like lighting the world on fire with like 50, 60-point games like Washington has done, but they've just been consistent. Yeah. And I think I think, But I think this is the game where they kind of – because they had a lot of opportunities. They should have scored 50-plus on Kansas last week as well. They had yeah. their own missed opportunities last week. But as you said um, – their offensive line is playing better, and that's really the key for me. It's the balance that they're able to strike, and I don't know that Oklahoma's going to be able to stop that. Could and you so imagine I'm, I'm with Robinson you. on this team this year? Would have been yeah. this whole line. <laughs> well, they're finally looking like a Kyle Flood offensive line. They're 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 not like a dominant group where they're coming out and just blowing people up, but they're playing well as a unit. Yeah. And that's that's been the key. They've had some some decent like last year. They had good talent. It just was really young. Well, those all those young guys are now a little bit older, and they're playing well yeah. together. Uh, and, and so, you know, Kelvin Banks is still not completely there yet, but he's definitely better, you know, and Getting he's going to end up being a really good player when it's all said. He's just young. He's just a was he's a true sophomore now. Right. 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 Um, you know, so so they're 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 a good football team. I, I think they're going to win this game. And and I'll say this from a Notre Dame standpoint, Ryan. I think Texas winning this game is actually better for Notre Dame. 
And the reason I say that is, is because if Oklahoma beats Texas, Texas is not falling behind Notre Dame and Oklahoma will leap Notre Dame from a, from a ranking standpoint, the worst thing for Notre Dame. And this is true in every conference is to have multiple playoff contenders in a league. You know, look, there's a chance someone from the big 12 is going to get in what you don't want to be at the end of the year sitting there. And this is like the worst case scenario for Notre Dame. Notre Dame's in there at 11 and one. Texas beats Oklahoma in the regular season. Oklahoma beats Texas in a close game in the Big 12 title game, and they're both sitting there at 12-1. and And Texas has a win over Alabama. Worst-case scenario. So you want one of these teams to lose twice. Someone from the Big 12 is going to have a pretty good shot of getting in this year. You just need to make sure it's not two. And it's going to be the same thing I say in the SEC, although the SEC is kind of taking care of that for us. Uh, Same thing in the Pac-12, same thing in the Big 10, right, is – you know, I, I don't. I don't care about Florida State winning all their games. They need to make sure that Florida State and Clemson didn't win all their games. Unfortunately, Clemson has kind of taken care of that for us. So I, I feel like if Oklahoma wins, they will leap Notre Dame in the rankings. Not, you know, not and and it won't be Texas going from three to eleven. You know what I mean? It'll be right. unless it's like a blowout, which I don't see happening. So I actually think it's better for Notre Dame to see Texas win. And plus, I have really come to despise the Oklahoma fan base, if I'm just going to be completely honest with you, over the last yeah. year. And so yeah. I'm also rooting for Texas to win that game, if I'm just being completely honest with you, just being honest and with I, y'all. And and I'm not a Brett Venables fan, so yeah, yeah. I'm there, man. Yeah, there. definitely not that. The, yeah. Ryan, I've got to tell you, man, the, the noon slate has some really good games on it. There's another good one at noon we'll briefly talk about, Maryland at Ohio State. I fully expect Ohio State to win this game. But I'm going to tell you, just as an aside, Mike Loxley has done a really nice job with this team. This is a good Maryland team. Like, do I think they're going to win 10, 11 games? No. Do I think they're going to be Ohio State on the road? No. Do I think it's going to be close? Probably not. But this 5-0 start for, for, for Maryland, to me, so far, has not been a fluke. They have dominated the teams they've played, including three power five teams, Ryan. It's not like, you know, Michigan state's not very good. Indiana. Uh, They, they blew Indiana out in ways that Louisville and Ohio state did not. Right. I mean, so you have some comparisons there blew out Virginia. Uh, that Virginia looks, game was close a little bit early on in that one. They though. poured like it on him though in the second half. Though. <laughs> the second half they poured him. it on him in the second half. Um, But that's kind of what you want to see, right? Is I think it was tied at halftime, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, it was like tied at halftime. I, I, I remember that was that was the week of the Central Michigan game, and we were watching that game, and I was like, "Wow, Virginia's really playing Maryland yeah. tough." And then all of a sudden, that, it was like, I'll give Tony Elliott slide. credit. I'll give Tony Elliott credit because his team's not very good, but they've battled. I mean, they had they battled Boston College last week. They battled NC State. They lost that both those games by three. Uh, they battled James Madison, only lost by one. The only team that really kind of blew them out early was Tennessee in the opener. That, that's right. really it. That's really it. That's uh, really but uh, I do like what Mike's lock, Mike Loxley has done. Mike Loxley has done with this team. I do. And I've been very hard on him in the past. I'm curious if they can maintain it moving forward. That's my big question mark. I think they're going to catch an L this week, but then they have a couple more winnable games. Illinois coming up after that. Uh, then Northwestern, they'll have a Illinois, a bye, and then Northwestern. If they lose this game, I really want to see how this team bounces back because I, I really like this Maryland team. I do. I don't think they have a chance to beat Ohio State. I don't. But I like what I like this team because they're not they're not just relying on like the, the couple good athletes to make plays. They're they're actually a little bit of, of a better all-around team. 
than they've been in the past, in my opinion. But uh, it's not going to be um, enough to beat the Buckeyes, in my opinion. They're pet. They're a pesky little team, is how I would yeah. kind of phrase Maryland. That's good. Like they're. I think I. I just think they're going to keep it kind of close with Ohio State. Like I mean, Ohio State mm-hmm. probably separates themselves at the end, but like I wouldn't be shocked if this was like a ten point game in the early fourth quarter, where it's like, oh, if Maryland mm-hmm. just gets one stop, they might be able to get back yeah. in this football game, and then they proceed not to. But yeah. I mean, they have some guys, man. The Hemby kid at running back's pretty good. Talia Tangovailoa, man, I know that he is like terribly inconsistent, but his mm-hmm. goods are really, really good, man. Yeah. Like he gets to throw sometimes. Where you're like, oh, all right. It's cool, maddening man. watching cool. him play sometimes, man. It <laughs> really is maddening out, watching man. him play sometimes. Yeah, yeah, he's very talented, yep. but yep. he's just that guy that's like super inconsistent. So I expect a good outing for Maryland's. Again, I expect Ohio State to win as well. But I do think that Maryland is kind of just like a pesky little team that's not going to go out easy. Right. So like in in past years, like they'd have that that f- former five star running back Anthony Richardson. They'd have a couple like former really highly ranked recruits that were receivers, and then it was just like, okay, those guys are good, and then the rest is not. Like their receiving court to me is a per- is an epitome of what you're talking about, Ryan. Is like there's no star that I see anyway. You may look at there may be some NFL draft guy see, but it. They don't have that big name receiver that they've had in past years. They're just all really good athletes to play the game and and make plays. And and Tuli is spreading the ball around more this year than he has in the past. So uh, I really like what they're doing. I, I think pesky is a really good way of describing it. Now somebody's asked, does it does it hurt Notre Dame if Ohio State loses? I, I don't think it does because in the perception of fans and the perception of the AP top twenty five, it does. But I have always said this, the college football playoff committee has always been adamant that they care more about your wins than your losses. Clemson got in in 2016 with a November loss at home to Pitt, right? Notre Dame's playoff resume is going to be built around teams they beat. I believe it's actually better for Notre Dame that Ohio State loses multiple times. Because if you're in a situation where Ohio State goes 12-0 and or 11-0, and and then Michigan goes 11 and 0 and then Michigan beats Ohio State and then Michigan wins the Big 10 title Notre Dame is screwed because Ohio State will have the will be the team that probably gets in because they'll have the head to head advantage and they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame right so to me you either want Ohio State to completely run the table which is fine but I would say that that if they're going to lose you want them to lose multiple times so losing a game like this to Maryland would most likely lead to this isn't as good of a team as maybe we thought, and they're probably going to drop another game, which means that they're out. Um, but uh, this is not that game. I don't think they're. I don't think Maryland's going to be able to beat Ohio State. No, but I, don't I also so didn't either. think Indiana was going to be able to hang with them at all any period of time. And I, I'm curious to see who Ohio State really is, Ryan. I don't think we know the answer to that yet. I think we know they're pretty good on defense, but I still don't know what their who their offense is. I mean that that Western Kentucky game right now is the anomaly yeah. of who they are. It really is. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how they're going to be. I just, I still think they're going to be a really good November team, a really good November team. Some another noon game, Ryan, um, we'll, we'll talk about briefly is number 23 LSU at number 21, Missouri. The weird thing about some of these games is these are all like central and uh, teams in there. So they're actually a lot. Of these are 11, like the Missouri LSU game. That's an 11 AM kickoff local time. Texas, Oklahoma is an, that's always been that way. Yeah. In a, an 11 o'clock kickoff time, which I think is very interesting, but number 23 LSU at number 21 Missouri. As much as I would love to see Missouri win this game, I just don't know if they have the firepower on offense like the Florida State had, like an LSU had to win yeah. the game. But man, I hope I'm wrong about that one. I, 
I'm glad that we didn't have to pick these ones for this this game for the site because I honestly get to see this game going either way. Like I, mm-hmm. part of me says LSU is the more talented team as a skill position. I mean, look, Jaden Daniels is playing really good football so far. He's playing really, really good football. Noink Neighbors is a guy. The Brian Thomas kid, number 11, the other wide receiver has been playing fantastic football as well. Logan Diggs actually had a pretty good game last week as yeah. well. From what He's I had saw. a couple. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they, they have a lot of talents. There's no doubt about it. But coming off a big loss like they did against Ole Miss, is Missouri a more mentally tough football team? That's they've a good been question. Kind of, they've been kind of scrapping along, man. Yeah. It's like they also have some talent. Obviously, Luther Burden is leading right. college football and receiving. So, like, I think that either Missouri wins a close one or LSU wins somewhat handedly, like by yes. 10 points, 14 points, yes. something like that. I think if that's this a, is a close game in the fourth quarter, though, I might lean Missouri to, to yeah. get that out because I think they might be a little bit more mentally tough. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I could definitely see that, Ryan. Part of me, part of me. Look, I'll tell you this: if Missouri wins this game going away, though, it means because yeah. LSU quit on Brian Kelly. That, well, that's that, what that's I'm saying. Just, yeah, exactly. I, I think like mentally exactly. they're just not in there, and yeah. they're like close game. We're not winning this one. Like, I'm almost just, to the point, Ryan, where I kind of believe this is going to be a blowout one way or the other. Really? Because okay. LSU, and here's here's why I'm because it's it's a mindset thing. Because mentally LSU either comes out and puts it all together because they're pissed off and they're gonna they're, they're they want to bounce back and all that kind of stuff. And then I just don't think Missouri has the firepower. So well, you know, Luther Burden's really good. Yes, he is. He's been great this year. But LSU has like three dudes that can cut not not three dudes as good as him, but like they have three big time weapons at wide receiver. Logan yep. Diggs is averaging over six yards a carry. And he he missed the first game. He's averaging almost hundred yards a game. And then one of the games he played, they didn't play him a whole lot. He's had, I think, what, a couple one hundred yard games. So far, I believe he's had at least one. His first game back, he was over 100 yards. Let me look here real quick. Yeah, he was 101 against Ole Miss and 115 against Grambling, and went for 14 for 97 for for uh, against Arkansas. So he's been pretty good for them when they use him. Uh, didn't play a whole lot against Grambling because you know none of their starters did. But I just feel like if if LSU is going to win this game, they're going to come out and they're going to be lights out and 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 play good football, and they're going to do to to Missouri sort of what they did Arkansas or Mississippi State. If they don't, then it means that they're just not in it, and and this looks like a fragile psych team psyche wise, and you wonder like how they bounce back. And if they don't bounce back, Ryan, here's the thing: I I don't think if if it's a fair fight and both teams kind of bring it. I don't think Missouri can beat LSU, but I think it can be a competitive game. That's where I believe if they both play well. But if LSU doesn't doesn't bring it mentally, this is a this is a good enough Missouri team to to hurt them and hurt them bad. Uh, and and I and I gained a ton of respect for their quarterback last week. You know, Cook, sick, not Cook. you know, not feeling good. You know, they they were he was questionable all week, and not only does he play, but he plays lights out last week, Ryan and. And they've played they've played two quality teams so far this year, and they they beat a good Kansas State team, in my opinion. I think that's a good Kansas State team. Uh, I think Memphis is a quality team this year, Ryan. I, you know, I think Memphis is a, is a is a quality team, and they didn't play great against Memphis, but they sh- they showed me that they can win. And and it was a it was a close game, but it was a game that Missouri was always kind of winning. You know what I mean? It's like they would go up ten, and Memphis would score. They go up fourteen, and Memphis would score. You know, and, and say, you know, well, look, Memphis scored the last touchdown to make it 34-27. That only came a minute and 20 seconds after Missouri scored to make it 34-20. You know, it was one of those kind of games. And that's where I get a little bit nervous about this game, Ryan, because I saw 
you know, I saw Memphis go out and and move the ball on Missouri and yep. and throw for 300 yards and 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 it's just like that kind of concerns me with this LSU pass offense because as you said Jaden Daniels is playing at a, at a high level but man I hope I hope I'm wrong mm-hmm. and and LSU just comes out there and just lays an egg I would I just, love to see I just, that I just want to see LSU get their torches out and really start you know just banding yes. together and yes yes although here's the downside Ryan if that happens it means Eli Drinkwitz gets a program defining win and i know i know how you feel about it i'll take him getting a program defining win over bk getting a big victory so that's a great point great point uh so so those are some of the big noon games ryan a couple other interesting noon games Rutgers at wisconsin i'm very curious to see how Rutgers plays in this game fully expect um uh, wisconsin to win but Rutgers has been a scrappy team this year here's a two o'clock game ryan that that we're we're not going to dive into but i'll tell you i'm just going to have my eye on as we're sitting there in the hotel uh getting ready and that's marshall and nc state charles huff has done a really nice job with that marshall football program he really has i mean they you know they got a new quarterback this year they lost some of their top weapons from last year and they're not they're not looking like phenomenal this year the light in the world on fire they're not scoring a ton they're 4-0 they got a win over east carolina on the road they have a win over virginia tech they're playing at nc state nc state seems to me kind of like a little bit of a wounded team right now they're benching their quarterback they're going to go one of two ways they're either going to bounce back and start playing like the team that i think they can be or they could be overlooking nc state a little bit or Marshall a little bit and maybe get caught. I I, I don't know how it's going to go. I, I just feel like if the quarterback play improves, however, NC State's going to be a better football team quickly, pretty quickly. Brandon Armstrong's been col- been terrible the last few games for NC State. So we'll see how it I had goes. A bu- I had a buddy that's a big gambler that said, what, what line do you like this week? And I said, give me Marshall plus six and a half. I don't know if they're going to win, yeah. but they're going to keep it close in my opinion. He's a name that when we get into the offseason, you're going to hear a lot of people talk about because he's got the pedigree. He coached at Penn State. He coached at Alabama. He's now a head coach, and he's doing well. He's got some big-name wins under his resume. And if he can earn a road win over NC State, he's going to be like, guys, I've been here a couple years. I've already I beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. I've been NC State at NC State. I coached at Bama. I coached at Penn State. Uh, Notre Dame tried to hire him when Lance Taylor left, but he ended up going to Alabama. But yeah, so he's a guy that you're going to hear a lot about this offseason as a head coach. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Three o'clock games, some interesting games, Ryan. Uh, Washington State at UCLA. That's going to be an interesting game. I like Washington State this year. UCLA is the favorite in that game. 
Um, I'm I'm a little surprised by that, to be honest with you. The way that, well, it's I get that, but it's kind of like they've only played one good team this year, and their offense got destroyed by that one good team, and you know, in in Utah, I think people are expecting the Cougars to like come down to yeah earth a little bit at some point and we'll yeah. see if they do or not but yeah. yeah this could be a big game for them though because it is a game that yeah. to your point that, that seems to be the case 330 though ryan is we've got some big games at 330 and here's one that impacts i think notre dame quite a bit uh in their standing that's number 11 alabama at yep. texas a&m now my first question is how is three and two lsu ranked but four and one Texas A&M is not in when you, I mean, their only loss is on the road to what number 16, number 17, Miami, right. Coming off two yeah. convincing wins over Auburn and Arkansas, which those wins look a lot better when you see how the other teams have played against them. But this is a chance for Texas A&M to kind of put themselves on the map. They've been a better team this year. They have, they've got talent, but they're just, they're, they're just, they're not beating themselves this year, Ryan. I mean, that's really what it kind of boils down to. Now, what are they going to look like game two without Connor Wegman? That's a fair question, right? Now you got some film of what a Max Johnson offense looks like, but I'm still not a believer in Alabama because I just don't think Mississippi State's very good, Ryan. So I'm not sure I quite believe in this Bama team yet, but we're going to find out this weekend. Jimbo's going to look for a chance to to kind of put a little bit of the nail in the, the Bama coffin this for this season. I don't know if it's going to be like a Bama's never going to be great again, but at least for this season they get a chance to do that. And it's a, it's a, it's a, Hey, we're, we're good now type of game for Texas A&M. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not buying into Texas A&M fully. I think they are a hundred percent, a better football team than they were mm-hmm. last year. And they're a lot closer to what they've been hyped up to be over the last couple of years. I think that they have a whole lot of talent. Like they've always had a whole lot of talent. I mean, the Evan Stewart kid is a stud and he Smith when healthy is a really good wide receiver. The running back they have, who I had no idea who he was coming into the year, he's playing good football. Defensively, they got guys everywhere on that defensive line. I mean, they have talent. There's never been a doubt about that. They seem a little bit more mentally tough this year, which is why I think that this will be a close football game because I'm not a believer in Bama. I'm not. I think Mm -hmm. Bama's defense is good. I think that their offensive line is improving over the last couple games. We'll see if it continues to trend in that direction. But offensively, I think that they're just winning based upon talents, ultimately. Mm-hmm. You know, Jalen Milrow is a good athlete. They have some good athletes out wide. They have a talented running back room, so they'll create some plays. I think that Alabama edges this one out 24-17. Excuse me. I think it's a really close competitive football game, a back-and-forth football game. I think Texas A&M is going to keep this one very close throughout the entirety of the game. I just – I like what Max Johnson's doing as a backup. I just – for mm-hmm. me, like when Texas A&M does pull off upsets against Alabama – it's usually because they have something dynamic at quarterback with the ability to run yeah. the football and be an extender and quarterback run game like the Manzels and even the Trevor Knights of the world, right? Max Johnson's not that guy. Max Johnson's mm-hmm. just a really good, sound decision maker, good backup quarterback. I just don't know if that consistently beats Bama, in my opinion. So I'm going to take fair. Bama in this one in a close one. The only pushback that I would give is, is kind of going back to what you said. This isn't a this isn't a vintage Bama team, right? This isn't a team where you needed a Johnny Manziel and you needed a Chad Kelly at Ole Miss or a Bo Wallace at Ole Miss who were guys who could make plays with their legs to beat them. This is a team that's just not that team. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not sold on Texas A&M yet. They should be in the top 25, uh, sure. especially if the other option is LSU. 
but I'm not sure that I believe in them yet. But here's why ultimately I'm picking Texas A&M because I think Texas A&M is still a team that is going to still ascend this particular team because they are learning a new offense. that's somewhat complex. They're going to get better. They have a quarterback that's got the more experience. So I think that actually allows Bobby Petrino to maybe put a little bit more volume in. Uh, he's got good weapons uh, to, to deal with, but it also comes down to Texas A&M is not afraid of Bama. They're not. As bad as they were last year, they had the ball at the end of the game in the red zone with a chance to beat Bama. And then two years ago, they beat Bama at their place. So I actually think Bama's going to take a second L in the state of Texas. I do. And I just, I don't like, there's just some, the, the body language with this team, even last week against Mississippi State, Ryan, that was more about Mississippi State sucks than it was. I mean, Bama had what, like 360 yards of offense in that game. They didn't run it great. They didn't throw it great. And I think this is going to be a similar score to last year's game, but I, I actually have Texas A&M pulling this one off. I do. Now, I don't know if that's going to result in them going on a run because they got to go to, you know, they get a bye week. They got to play still play at South Carolina. They got to play Ole Miss. They got to play Florida. They got to play it at Auburn. They got to play LSU. But I, I just, I don't know what it is. I just think this Texas A&M team is, is, is just, they're just a, maybe I'm putting more on this Ryan because they were so horribly coached last year that now that they're comp, just competent, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, maybe giving a little bit too much credit. That's how bad it was last year. That could be it. But I just – I don't know, man. I just like what I've seen from this football team. And I think the win over LSU at the end of the year last year was kind of like when Notre Dame beat LSU in the bowl game in 2014. It just – they had the whole offseason to relish and all, hey, this is what we're capable of when we, when we do what we can do. And, and it's almost kind of like losing maybe some of the games last year, not making a bowl game benefited them because they would have probably lost whoever they played in the bowl game if they'd have gone six and six let's say they let's say they don't get upstate by app get upset by app state and they're six and six instead of five and seven they go to a bowl game they probably lose and then it's kind of sitting in their crawl off season i really think the way they played that lsu game combined with bringing in bobby petrino has given this team some confidence and so if bama's gonna win i don't think it's gonna be close yeah. I think Bama's going to come out and just jump on them early and all that confidence, phew, gone. But if this is a game that, that A&M stays in this game, I just think at the end of the day, who do I trust more to make that game-winning play, Max Johnson or Jalen Milrow? I know that Jalen Milrow gets the hype because he's the starter at Alabama, but I just have to keep asking myself, what has he done? Like, can what has he I done mean, for anyone to think he's option a, in that one? I, I'd, that? Rather not pick, I'd rather not pick either one of those guys. Can I have another option, please? Maybe Wakeman could get back and I could <laughs> hobble out there on crutches. Like, all right, I got this. Uh, uh hey, they'll bring in Tyler Buckner or, or, or uh, you know, somebody off the bench. <laughs> oh, it's not great quarterback play, but I, I'm going with Bama. Uh, Syracuse at North Carolina is going to be an interesting game, Ryan. Syracuse or North Carolina so far has been a much improved defense this season, yeah. a much improved defense. Uh, I want to see how they handle uh, Syracuse. I want to see how Syracuse bounces back mentally after that tough home loss last week. But you know, North Carolina is a, is, has been a quality football team so far this year. They have. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious seeing and, that one too. And Te- Tez Walker coming back finally yes. was given his eligibility. Yeah. Back, so Look, and, and they're like, did you see the, like the shade they threw at North Carolina? 
Well, if yeah. North Carolina would have given this beforehand, maybe we would have made a different decision. Like, that's going to be interesting. Sure, guys. Oh my goodness! You made a mistake uh, from you made a mistake from the beginning. You tried to stick to your guns, and when they were mm-hmm. like eventually like, oh, they're not backing down. All right, fine, yeah. you guys can have it. Go like, ahead. this is the thing you want to <laughs> stick to your guns about? Like, come on, guys. Right. Uh, right. Just ridiculous. UCF at Kansas is going to be a very interesting game, Ryan. I am shocked yep. that UCF is a is a road favorite over Kansas. It's like, I is feel Jaylen like Daniels the odds makers, is, huh? is Jalen Daniels uh, playing? He's supposedly going to play because he okay. was supposed to play last week, but his back tightened up the morning of the game. Gotcha. Um, but it's like, did, did we're just going to ignore what Kansas looked like the first four games and just go off of last week. Uh, and uh, I'm just not, uh, I mean, like you said, uh, I mean, UCF's coming off of a loss to Baylor, a home loss to Baylor. <laughs> They yeah, got smacked by like three quarters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got, they got smacked by Kansas state and they barely beat Boise state. And yet they're a road favorite over Kansas. Uh, that's an interesting one to me. Very interesting one to me. A uh, couple other ones, Ryan, seven o'clock. This is going to be a very intriguing game. Number 20, Kentucky at number one, Georgia. And I yep. fully expect Georgia to win this football game, but Here's the question that I have. 14 and a half point favorites for the dogs. Yes. Number one is, is is what we saw last week sort of a fluke by Kentucky? Uh, or is this a team, is this a Kentucky team that can physically do this consistently? Not, not running for 10 yards of carry, but just right. being physical up front. Can Devin Leary give them more? Because they did what they did to Florida last week with Devin Leary doing nothing. You know, and, and does the light go on for Georgia? Like I keep waiting on that light to go on for Georgia. Was the comeback against Auburn what they needed? Or is this just kind of who Georgia is moving forward? And if it is, then this is going to be a entertaining game, like a, a well hard fought game. If the light goes on for Georgia, then it could be good. Cause look, Ryan, Georgia's played two power five teams this year. They, and they trailed for chunks of the game in both of them they were down 14 to 3 at halftime to south carolina at home they were losing to to auburn for a chunk of the game on the road this is teams bet this kentucky team's better than both of those teams in my opinion it's gonna be a very interesting game ryan what say you i actually think that george is going to win this one decisively i don't know why exactly yeah. maybe it's me buying into they'll have a little bit of a wake off wake up call after last week's you know kind of tough our fought last minute victory where they kind of need a little bit of hero ball from Brock Bowers. I mean, maybe that's what's in my mind, but I think ultimately what I saw from Kentucky was great, but I don't know if it's sustainable to your, to, mm-hmm. to like the overall arching, like Ray Davis is a good running back. I think their offensive line is improved than what it was last year, but they won that game decisively against Florida thrown for 69 yards. Like I, mm-hmm. I it felt similarly to like Notre Dame Clemson last year, right? Where you're just like, that's awesome. But can you do that every game and win? And, and ultimately, Notre Dame couldn't do that every game and win because eventually a team's going to be like, you're not running like that again. Like, we're not going to let you do that. And I feel like George is going to say, Kentucky, we are low in the box. Devin Leary, beat, beat us if you can beat us. Like, right. I feel like that's what this game's going to come down to. And I just, I haven't been overly impressed by Devin Leary from what I've seen at Kentucky yeah. so far. Like, he hasn't looked great to me. He so looks I think that more like the guy better. from last year than the guy from yeah. two years ago. Would you agree and with I really that? Like, I, I really like Devin Leary too, but yeah, I would agree with that. We had him in our top five quarterbacks in college football going into the season last year because of how good he was the year before and his arm talent. But yeah, he's been disappointing. Does last year's game, 
have any factor in in this for you, Ryan? Based on because again, there's there's all George Kentucky's going to come into this game saying, "Hey guys, we can play with Georgia." Well, what makes you think that? We did it last year, sure. right? They beat us sixteen to six. We kind of did a pretty good job shutting their offense down. Now the problem is, is that. Yeah. Georgia said, we're going to shut down your run game and make your quarterback beat us. And they didn't have that guy at quarterback last year. And to your point, we don't know that they have that guy at quarterback this year either. Right. With right. the way that Devin Leary has played. Great. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. Georgia's yeah, Kentucky's I, not, but that could also be the counter Ryan is they do think yeah. they can beat Georgia. So maybe they feel a little better about themselves than they should. And this is the, the game that Georgia wakes up, right? Like I can yeah. see it going both ways. It, yeah. I mean, it could go either way. I just ultimately think that I, I just haven't been impressed enough by Kentucky throwing the football for me to be like, yep. yeah, they're going to be able to do that in this game against Georgia. And yep. I, I just think last week's going to be a little bit like, Hey guys, we just can't take some teams for granted, right? Like we can't do right. that. Like let's wake up a little bit. Like we're not playing great ball right yeah. now. And they still have, Georgia still has a lot of talent. So I think yeah. they'll oh, yeah. figure it out. So yeah, I, I just think, I, think I thought that was going to happen after South Carolina, though, Brian. That that's yeah. that's kind of where I'm like, maybe this is just who Georgia is. I, you know, I hope maybe it keeps this continuing is just who they Kentucky. are. I hope it keeps yeah. continuing because I like yeah. Liam Cohen. I really like Mark Stoops, and the running back Ray Davis is a great story. He was a Temple yep. kid, really good player at Temple. Blew out his knee, ends up at Vanderbilt. Was quietly an All SEC performer last year, running for a thousand yards on a bad offense for Vanderbilt. And now he's flourishing under Liam yeah. Cohen. So I hope I hope they can give him a game. I just, we'll see. I just have a feeling that that Kentucky can stay in this one, but it's going to have to happen early, Ryan. The the fear is yeah. that Georgia just comes in out there and overwhelms you early. But if they right. can make this a four quarter game, then I I think Kentucky can stay with them, and they they did it last year. Uh, Arkansas at Ole Miss will be an intriguing game that I'll have my eye on. Um, couple got one more here, Ryan. Uh, yeah. Oregon State at Cal. Je- um, Justin Wilcox needs a game like this, man. They're three and two. They've got a brutal schedule coming up. They've got to earn some kind of upset win. That'll be an interesting. But the last one we're going to discuss, Ryan, as we go through this, uh, we wrap this up is Arizona at USC. Now, I think we both agree that what's best for Notre Dame is for USC to win this game. We actually never talked about that with some of those others. The Alabama, uh, Texas A&M thing. I think Alabama losing is best for Notre Dame. We actually sh- should have addressed that because if Notre Dame's got one loss, a and is going to lose again. They're, they just are. Right. Right? I just, they just are. You, you knock Bama out, give them their second loss. The yep. SEC West is done. Like there's, you know, there's, there's not going to, I mean, Ole Miss is going to lose again. Um, Texas a is going to lose again. Bama and LSU kept both catch losses. So we, we, we didn't address that, but there, we just addressed it. Um, <laughs> Kentucky, Georgia, that's an obvious one. Obviously, if Georgia yes. loses, that's great for Notre Dame, you know. Yes. Uh, but uh, let's talk about USC, Arizona. We both, I would I, I believe, actually, I shouldn't speak mm-hmm. first. I believe USC winning is best for Notre Dame. I would agree. Would, yeah. Right. I mean, it's a so, straight schedule but, thing, right? Like, Arizona has no, right. like, they have nothing to right. to gain to you. It's right. like, if Arizona's cool, it's good, that's right. cool. But, like, they're not going to You don't need ever. USC to lose. You don't, just like you didn't need Ohio State to lose. You needed to be the loss Ohio State got is to be from you. Right. You exactly. need the loss from USC to be from you. Uh, so, but it, it, it is an intriguing matchup because I really like what, they don't, I don't think they're going to win this game, but I really like what Judd Fish is doing there. I didn't, I didn't, I'll be honest, Ryan. I didn't love the hire when they made it. It was kind of weird. I just he was like, like an NFL guy for a while. And yeah. He was, like, oh, he was with the Broncos okay. for a while. He'd been in college yeah. here and there, but it just, it was like, what's his connection to Arizona? I, I didn't understand that one. Yeah. But then you look at it and you're like, you know, he's, he's recruited well. 
Yep. And they're a scrappy team. Like they're two they, the 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 loss of Mississippi State to me that was the frustrating one. And then they had the ugly win over Stanford, but they won. But they're sitting here now at three and two. They're coming off a game in which they they battled Washington. Washington was the better team, but they battled. They've got some weapons on offense that that can do damage to USC, in my opinion, that could make this game maybe a little bit more higher scoring than than USC would like it to be. I I think that it's so weird, Brian, because we always talk about like, is that a one off? Is that a is that a trend? U- USC letting Colorado do what they did right at the end of that football game and letting them crawl back in. Like, is that an anomaly or is that a trend? I think it's a little bit of a trend. I actually I picked USC to win 41-34 because I just think that USC is going to have a tough time closing teams out a little bit you know they're going to get up because they're a very talented offense i don't think arizona has the dogs defensively to match up against all of them right like washington and and um and singer and branch and they just don't have enough guys brandon rice like there's just a lot of wide receivers and talent for usc so i think usc gets off to a pretty good start and maybe even a big a big lead early in this game but arizona to your to your point is one, James Delore is a very volatile quarterback. He's kind of like yes. the Pac-12 version of like Talia Tungavailoa. Like he's kind of the same type of dude, right? But when he's good, he's pretty dang yeah. good. Like he's yeah. very good. And he's Go got the McMillan UCLA kid. UCLA last year, Ryan. Go ask UCLA yeah. last year, right? Exactly. He's got the McMillan kid, a wide receiver who's a stud, like the 6'4 kid. He's really mm-hmm. good. Jacob Cowing is a really good slot, really undersized, but good. Michael Wiley. Tight end's a good football player too, Ryan. That, that, that McLaughlin yeah. kid, yeah, he's a pretty yeah. good football player. He's a, he's a he's an he's a legitimate rosterable NFL kid at tight end. Like probably yeah. a tight end two, tight end three on the next level. And then Michael Wiley's been dealing with he's been banged up the running back, but like he's good, man. When he plays in the cold, yeah. the kid's not bad either. The backup, right. so. They have right. some skill position players. I don't think USC is going to be able to shut them down, which is why I think Arizona will score a little bit. But ultimately, I'm going to take Caleb Williams to win the game. But I just think that yeah. it's one of those games where I don't think that I don't think that USC is going to win a ton of games this year where it's just like decisive 50-something to 10 because yeah. I just don't think that defense is good enough. I just They don't did that to the bad teams, but yes. against the good, the, qual- the decent teams, t- to your point. Because, yeah. you know, look – I think Arizona's got a better offensive line than Colorado. I think if you stack up do. Colorado's, yeah, if you stack up Colorado's receivers against Arizona's receivers, you may argue Colorado has more depth, but none of the Colorado kids are as good as McMillan. I mean, and he was a kid that not right now. Without Travis Hunter, I would actually say that Arizona exactly. has a better wide receiver core right now. So right. yeah. So it's just, and then you watch what happened with Arizona State. I mean, with Drew Pine at quarterback, they just they kept moving the ball on USC and and kept you know kept scoring, scored twenty eight points. That that is a bad Arizona State offense, like a really bad Arizona State offense, and you know one that scored zero points and had two hundred thirty yards of offense against Fresno State, scored fifteen points and two hundred seventy seven yards of offense against Oklahoma State. Neither of those, I mean, no, like. Neither the, like the Fresno State games actually not something to 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 be all down on them about because what's surprising about Fresno State this year, Ryan, is they've been really good on defense so far yeah. this year. Uh, you know, against the teams they've played, but still, you're a Power Five team; they're a Mountain West team. You know, you should think you should at least get some points on them. And then they go out there and score 28 on USC and, and kept moving the ball. I mean, it was a 35-28 game at one point in time, Ryan. It, it, you know, in that in that now you never thought Arizona State was going to win, 
but it just was kind of like this team just can't make stops and they need to make stops against teams that aren't even that good on offense. And then once once Colorado kind of figured some things out last week, and, and Colorado had some missed opportunities early in that game too, Ryan. Yep. And 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 I'll be honest with you, I did. Uh, I think Sean Lewis is a really good offensive mind, but early in that game and late in that game, I just was like, "What are you doing? Like, what what are we doing here?" Yeah. So, uh, did you ever finally watch the end of that game? Like, I like on, yeah. you watch all twenty two, but like on the on t- t- TV yeah. copy, you could just see I like saw the what? ends. I just what watched the doing? highlights of it, but yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. What is he doing? Weird. So uh, this is going to be a fascinating game, but I, for Notre Dame, it's I think best that USC wins, and yes, and then Notre Dame gets that W against them next week. They're going to need that. They're going to need that kind of signature win over a name opponent. It's one thing to beat a ranked Duke team, a ranked Louisville team. You're going to need that kind of splashy win, and USC will give them that. But if USC is coming off of a loss to Arizona, it's kind of like if you remember the 2017 season, Ryan. You know that was a really highly ranked USC team. They ended the year in the top 15, I think they ended up like 11th, uh, won 11 games that year. But if you remember, they had just a couple weeks before lost to Washington State. And yeah. and so it's just kind of like it kind of – and they had barely beaten Utah the week before. They just, you know, kind of took some of the luster off of that game. And, you know, they we all knew they were a good team, but it wasn't like, hey, they're undefeated. It's, it's not, you know, they're top five. They're a team that people think are – you know, playoff team. They got the Heisman Trophy winner and all that kind of stuff. You you want all the buzz and all the momentum being in that game. That's that's yes. what you need if you're Notre Dame, in my opinion. Yep. So yeah, that's that's it. Any other interesting games, Ryan, on your docket? I think we kind of talked. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting games, but not a lot that that are necessarily worth uh nah. worth breaking like down and diving into. No, I just like that you like you mentioned the NC State Marshall game because I just think that's a really interesting yeah. upset potentially this yep. week. I, I, I tell you, I really and Rashim Ali is back. He was a guy that two He's years ago was man. really good. Uh, last year that that you, that you had the um, the kid from Florida State, uh, yeah, he was there last year. And then I believe I believe Ali was banged up last year as well. He tore his ACL, correctly. I believe. I think he tore his ACL yeah. before the season started. Yeah. yeah. So he let's see what was his game log last year. So he played. Um, I think he only played like two or three games. He played against the he played against UConn in the mm-hmm. postseason. So he came back in November, Ryan, against yeah. Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and UConn. So, but he was a good player. He was a twelve hundred plus yard rusher. You and I talked a lot about him last summer uh, yeah. when we were t- trying to tell people that Marshall's going to be a lot better. Than people think he was a big reason why, because you're like this, man. and he had to get a good offensive line. Uh, so it's a good football player. So I, I I like this Marshall team. Obviously for Notre Dame, you don't want that to happen. You right. want NC State to get back on track. But from a college football standpoint, I kind of would like to see it, to be honest with you. And then maybe it's like we can say, hey, maybe, guys, maybe Marshall's not as bad as you. I'm kidding. There, there was no excuse for that loss. I'm just messing around. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting game. Very interesting game. Um, looking at some of the others, Ryan, um, is Frank Harris going to play this year or is he just going to kind of, is he just going to kind of sit this one out? <laughs> just kind of, yeah. yeah. I, some, some guys maybe shouldn't have gone back to school and Frank Harris yeah. may be one of them. But. Yeah. Or go somewhere else. Follow your receivers yes. who left you that went somewhere else. Uh, Purdue at Iowa is one that I got my eye on, Ryan. That's one I got my eye on because I could see there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of upset people at, at Iowa right now. And I don't think a 26-16 win over a 
collapsing Michigan State team is going to call the dogs off. You know what I mean? My, and my you got Wisconsin on the road he, coming up next week. My buddy, my buddy who bets said that he took Iowa minus three and a half, so for them to win by four, four points or more, and he said that he hates himself for it. But yeah. it's down to two and a half now. <laughs> it's so looking at ESPN, it's down to two and a half now. But uh, Purdue's coming off of a really good win last weekend, Ryan. And and not that Illinois is a great team. They're clearly not. But yeah. it kind of felt like the offense had shown flashes at times during the season and uh, but just couldn't consistently get it going. And I thought last week they did. The biggest surprise for me last week is, is they actually ran the football. Like they ran it really well on Illinois yeah. last week. So – um, Purdue's got Iowa's got a great offense, but if you're Purdue, you're like, dude, we may only need 17 points to get this thing done. You know, I mean, it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna, cl- I'm gonna clip what you just said because you accidentally said Iowa has a great offense. I'm gonna clip that. Oh no 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 no! Did I say great offense? <laughs> yeah. Did I say great, great offense? offense? No. Yeah. I'm, 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 um, I'm gonna great uh, I'm gonna defense. That. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa has a great defense, uh, but their offense is just a hot mess, man. It's an absolute yes. hot mess. And Cade McNair McNamara is out for the year. And yeah. Ferenc had ruined him even before he got hurt. So it uh, it's Petrus a, isn't it's starting, is he? I hope no, I think he's good. gone. Right? Isn't he? Isn't I, think, he... I think he's still on the roster. Is he really? Let so. me look that up. I thought he was out of eligibility. That'd be terrible. Oh, if I, that's true, man, I'd be putting money I'm almost, on. I'm almost positive he can hill as who came off the bench okay. uh, for them. Spencer Petrus is still on the roster, but he's not the yeah. guy that they have been playing uh, at quarterback. And uh, regulated to from three year starter to third stringer in one yeah. off season. Mr. I mean, it I mean makes sense. He's terrible. <laughs> but Deacon Hill came off the bench last week, Ryan, and went eleven of twenty seven for one hundred fifteen yards, a touchdown, and a pick. So, so it's not a quarterback problem, is what you're saying? No, no, <laughs> it's a coaching problem uh, at yeah. this point in time. But yeah, uh, so it's going to be. I don't know. This could be a. This could be the kind of big win that that a young coach needs too. Like in all seriousness, like this is the kind of yeah. big early win that a young coach like Ryan Walters can get his team to be, really believe in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's going to be fascinating because I thought they played hard against Wisconsin. The Wisconsin just had a better team, but they they yeah. battled. I mean, you know, Wisconsin pulled away, but I thought they competed at least. But uh, man, that this is uh this is this could get ugly for Iowa, which is sad because he's had such a great career. And I think you was it you that talked about this recently, Ryan, where it's it's just kind of sad because he's had such a great career, Kurt Ferentz, yes. but all he's gonna be remembered by is what happened the down the end with the son happens yeah, because exactly. he would fire son. That's it's even, disappointing. Even, even though he was a just backbone of a program for like twenty oh, yeah. something years. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Just model of consistency in a lot of different ways. But uh yeah. Anyway, Ryan, it's gonna do it for uh, this portion of the show, man. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of here? Yep. So if anybody missed the first section of this podcast, we talked Notre Dame versus Louisville on uh, coming up on Saturday, another night game for Notre Dame, number 10 team in the country facing off against number 25. If you want to hear some of the key, keys to victory, make sure you go listen to that portion of the podcast. We also hit on some game predictions, some game balls, and then talked some other interesting college football games that are on the docket for this week. Before you leave, if you could please just hit that like button for us. Subscribe to the podcast. If you listen to us on YouTube, hit the notification bell so you get a notification every time that we have a podcast coming up or just kicking off. If you also go to at the bottom of the screen, boards at irishbreak.com, any latest team and recruiting intel and all the content we put out there, make sure to go check that out. 
And as always, folks, Notre Dame is only a little bit over two days away from Notre Dame kicking off against Louisville. Go Irish. We'll talk to you again very soon. This, this is Brian Driscoll. I'm Ryan Roberts here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.